the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current-day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in national politics and the real issues that really matter. You too can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Tom Sumner, and this week's edition of uh, Armchair Politics comes to you live from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, <laughs> or as we like to say, Armchair Politics from Hell. Our uh, weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program uh, today features our uh, roundtable regulars, uh, our panel of political pundits, if you will. On the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Hi, Paul. Good morning. Good to be here. Good to be in hell. <laughs> I saved you a chair. Yeah. <laughs> On the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, it's good to see you. Thank you, Tom. Uh, I'm so glad to be back in hell. The, the color out here is beautiful. It's dismal anywhere else in the state, but in hell it's beautiful. <laughs> the violation. Very well, it's 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 that uh, warm glow. <laughs> that must be it, yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, joining us uh, from the East Village Magazine, uh, a contributing editor, Jan Worth Nelson. Jan, it's great to see you and and see you in person. It's really hot in here. <laughs> yeah. I, I've always that's, thought I was in. That's what they've always said about it. Isn't it? <laughs> it's that's really, the rumor. <laughs> no, it's really it's really kind of nice to be in hell yeah, with yes. you with yeah. you three guys. Well, you know what they always say: you go to heaven for the weather and go to hell for the company. <laughs> I think it's a Mark Twain quote. <laughs> that, that, that works. Um, no, actually, and, and in addition to every year, for the last at least five years, oh, at maybe least. more. I think I, I'm going to guess more than that. It maybe seems to me seven or eight. Yeah, we've been the week of Halloween. 
We bring armchair politics down to the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan. They've always been very gracious and let us come in. They really don't open for another hour, and uh, but they let us come in and do the show here. And um, but we missed it last year. Yeah. And this year it worked out so that we, you know, we could be here. And this is the first time that we've actually sat around the round a table yeah. real yeah. person yeah. since so before the pandemic. Yeah, so nice to be together. And and <laughs> oddly, we uh, had to go to hell to do it. <laughs> uh, this is my first time in hell. The first time in hell. I mean, I know you three guys have been in hell a lot. <laughs> well, you know, it, I, 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 as soon as I as soon as I scheduled this, I, I thought of you right away, Jan, <laughs> because you hadn't been. I know. George Moss has been down here yeah. with us. We've oh had a couple gosh. of others. Wes yeah, Whitaker, yeah. Bobby Walton has been down oh, here yeah? with oh, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you hadn't, and I I, I thought. I yeah, had a, it's, it's, I've had a hunger for hell. You, you need actually. to be there. You got to go to hell at least once. I think. It, I, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. I I thought you'd be a good fit. <laughs> uh, but I'm all kid, but all honored. kidding aside, we'll we'll get on with armchair politics. It. Um, oh, by by the way, I, I mentioned this before we went live, and and uh, we're going to be at the New McCree Theater next oh. Wednesday. And and I haven't I haven't confirmed, but I think it's going to be Woodrow Stanley in the third chair. Oh, he'd be an ideal and, one to be there. And Chris Douglas will be there yeah. in person for the first hour to do our our monthly uh, recap of what's going on with the economy. <laughs> but I always start to show with um, a series of quotes, and uh, the first one is the finish the quote where I ask you how would you finish this quote, and it goes like this: Popularity should be no scale for the election of politicians if it would depend on popularity what only fools would be elected yeah that's a, that's a good yeah. one that's a good summary of it yeah only gestures uh, should be yeah, yeah. I think they call gestures of the king's court hmm. yeah or, or no states would be elected maybe it's but I think the, the fool's line is a good one well, here's the uh, the original quote was popularity should be no scale for the election of politicians. If it would depend on popularity, Donald Duck and the Muppets yeah. would take seats oh. in Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now you'll be really surprised at who said it. Uh, uh, Walt Disney. Mutain. Orson Welles. Uh, Orson, oh, that's Orson interesting. Again? Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. We had some great quotes. Hmm. Well, let's, uh, let, let's move on. One of the quotes that uh, got my attention this week, we want everyone to always know that we're absolutely standing here with open arms. We welcome these counties and would be tickled to death to have them. Uh, uh, these counties, Texas, uh, President Trump. Texas. No, it's I bet it's, uh, it's one of the, re, 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 the redistricting boards oh, around yes, here somewhere. Yes. Uh. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice said Friday that he would welcome three Western Maryland oh. counties oh. whose Republican legislators uh. have asked to join the state. Such a proposal, however, would be difficult because state legislatures have to approve any moves followed by the U.S. Congress taking action. Hmm. Uh, the question is, should counties be able to shift to a bordering <laughs> state? Well, of course, West Virginia got broken off from Virginia during the Civil War. Or that, that, yeah. that, that was kind of an unusual situation to begin with. You know, that That's interesting. Is, is impossible because uh, those uh, rules have been established by Congress. Yeah, no, we I'd just start playing musical yeah. chairs oh, yeah. all around the country. Yeah, I know. Just like if you, you, you start that, all of a sudden the UP is going to start looking toward Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, that could be a dangerous person. Or Canada. Oh, that's right. That's right. By the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah, so there's some constitutional yeah. Yeah. limitations on the fund. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice well, question. it won't be long before a lot of places want to be part of the UP. <laughs> depending, on, depending on the climate. That's right. With the that's palm, palm trees up there <laughs> sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, how are we huh. doing on time? Uh, okay. Um, 
here's another quote that caught my attention this week. Those with sufficient resources may spend thousands of dollars in multiple days anxiously seeking care from out-of-state providers so overwhelmed with Texas patients that they cannot adequately serve their own communities. Hmm. Oh, um, Who said that? From, they're overwhelmed by Texas communities? So that's about abortion, probably, yep. right? Yeah. Um, Ooh, New Mexico. Mex that was Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'll go that's 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 a strong reminder Friday that she is not a justice looking to carve out compromises with a conservative majority. On Friday, after the court allowed Texas's ban on abortion after <coughs> six weeks, a law that is in direct conflict with Roe v. Wade to remain in place, she was straightforward. The impact, she wrote, is catastrophic. Are we witnessing the beginning of the end of legalized abortion at, as it has been defined by mm. the Roe v. Wade SCOTUS ruling? I hate to say well, it, but I I'm think I'm afraid there's, yeah. given them the, the, the way the court's constructed and the cases coming up and the response to this case, it's... They may not overturn it entirely, but they're going to cut it back so much it'll be yeah. all but meaningless, I'm afraid. Yeah. You know, I, I noticed something by the, the justice that's rather unusual. You notice the angry spirit that the Supreme Court has? It's typical of Washington, period. The, the courts have been past years reserved, cool, laid back. Mm -hmm. But look at this gesture that came out of Justice Sotomayor. Uh, and, and this isn't the first one that we This is the first one pulled. I noticed. Um, yeah. There have been others where yeah. people have been out. Um, some of the justices have been making speaking uh, engagements and, and sure. getting some shots in here. And yeah. Scalia well, used to do that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Breyer has his new book out. Breyer has a book yeah. out. That's right, yeah. yeah. Stephen Breyer, been I think we had one of his quotes just recently. Yeah. But they've been able to work with each other and come to... Uh, a common agreement over time. And you, uh, while we have uh, many of them, the 9-0, some of them 9-0, but more than likely most of them have been Five seven. to four, six yeah, to three. Five to four. Right. And yeah, that's yeah. where we want to be uh, well, uh, oh, when we're in difficult times. You know, I was going to say, with regard to the Roe Wade case, don't forget that even before Roe Wade, abortion was not illegal in all states. It was allowed to some degree in some states. The rules varied all over the ballpark, but it was not entirely banned before Roe Wade. Mm -hmm. So even if you get rid of Roe Wade, that will not automatically ban all abortion, but Is this it's up to the states. Is this that would overturn us as a constitutional government and um, uh, well, a republic? No, I think we've, I, I, I think we've overturned Supreme Court rulings sure. before without you know, yeah, the, the Brown decision and Plessy Ferguson was overturned past decisions. There have been other cases. But it's the civility that we talk about. Where is it? Well, that's well, that's true. Well, actually, what, what it'll do, if, if, if they do that, it'll just move the ball to all the state. Le every state right. legislature is going to be battling out the same issue about whether or not you allow abortion in California or Colorado or Illinois or Ohio mm -hmm. or wherever. So it'll, it'll just change your opinion. I can it no matter how it comes out. Uh, because there's other people who deal with it there. I have things that are principal to me, but it's other people who decide for me because it's a group process. We're all in <coughs> it together. So I have to be prepared to deal with them. Hmm. I don't say it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm my impression, I have a couple things to say. One is I think Sotomayor has been offended by the going away from precedent isn't that, I mean, the stare decisis, if I'm understanding some mm. of her objections, that that's very alarming to her. But that's not your point. I think your point is... Oh, I think she's angling to become the new RBG. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she could be. Yeah, she could yeah, be the next and, one in line. And, and Clarence Thomas is probably going to be the new chief justice, is what some people are suggesting. Well, I like oh. to see Clarence Thomas the new chief justice. Boy, the, boy did that take an arc. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. you know, two or three years ago, it was he was angling to retire. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's still yeah. some talk in that direction here and there. I think yeah, that yeah. they will yeah. award him that uh, because uh, the country has a, has a mood. That's a little change. bit unusual, isn't it, for someone who's a sitting uh, Supreme to Court justice to move Yeah, into no, it is unusual. Spot. It's only happened a couple of times. Because normally a chief ju justice is appointed from the outside. chief justice yeah. and stays mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's been relatively life. unusual to move somebody up. But not chief justice. But, but not unheard really? of. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're appointed oh, as that, Chief right. Justice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no one. Yeah. And the appointment yeah, is for life. Right. So... Oh, how, so Roberts. How would it, yeah, the chief right. justice, what does that yeah, mean yeah, for I Roberts? See. Right, I see. Yeah, Roberts, yeah, Roberts, Roberts is chief justice as long as he wants it. Unless he retires or dies, yeah. he's there as long as he wants to be chief justice, and mm -hmm. that's not going to change. Unless he gets impeached. Well, that's a, uh, yeah, that could happen, I suppose. But, um, but I think so Roberts, you know, we're probably due for a Supreme Court impeachment. We've, we've, <laughs> we've done, done it everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Samuel that's Chase true. was the yeah. only one we've ever had, yeah. isn't it? Hey, we got to take a short break here, oh. but we're going to come back with more armchair politics from hell on today's edition of the Tom <laughs> Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki, joined by Jan Worth Nelson. If you're streaming us, uh, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in, or if you're streaming us, we have some messages. We'll be right back. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is deb cherry genesee county treasurer and you're listening to the tom sumner radio show Welcome back, everybody. Armchair Politics from Hell continues now with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by uh, Jan Worth Nelson. I want to say thanks to uh, Mike Haney and everybody at the uh, Hell Saloon for allowing us this annual tradition of doing armchair politics from hell they do a hell of a good job (laughs) (laughs) the week of uh the week of halloween but let's uh let's get back into it shall we um a british production company behind an alec baldwin narrated documentary on the flint water crisis is postponing a planned u.s theatrical Mm. release after the actor shot and killed a cinematographer with a prop gun on the set of the film rust last week Flint, Who Can You Trust, was scheduled to open in New York and Los Angeles on uh, Friday, October 29th, followed by screenings in additional selected cities, and finally a Flint debut at the Flint Institute of Arts in mid-November. A news release from the production company says a Kickstarter campaign launched prior to the Baldwin prop gun incident, which aimed to fund a wider release of the film, has also been paused. Will Alec Baldwin's recent firearm mishap draw more or fewer people to eventual showings of the documentary? I think more. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's going to draw more attention to that in some ways. Mm. It's really a strange event. I I was so off ago. How would that happen? John Wayne... Ray Rogers and they, John, they have used firearms uh, year after year for century. I mean, for decades, and we never had an incident like that. Why yeah. now? Yeah. I, there were stories that they were doing some some uh, target shooting there with real real uh, uh, bullets uh, outside of the movie, and somehow yeah. they got mixed up. Ooh. But also some charges that there was some dissension among the yeah. staff. Yeah, you know, did somebody out. set somebody up and make it yeah. look bad? I don't know. It's just pure speculation. So to your point, partially, um, I was at this. I was at a funeral over the weekend uh, down in Livonia, where there was a real mix of Republicans and Democrats at <laughs> this group. <laughs> you know, a whole bunch of people that it was clear there was undercurrents, right, mm-hmm. among all these people that really love each other uh but they have different political views anyway somebody brought up the shooting at rust and uh the guy next to me who had sort of clearly identified himself on more of the trumpian end of things said uh i wouldn't trust alec baldwin because that guy's sketchy that guy's sketchy to start he with. Even know the guy. Has he ever met him? Well, I think he was talking about his politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. It's, so, to it's, some extent, that's every, what you're talking everything about. Everything gets there. partisan in yeah. some ways. It's, you know, Even it's, that this is partisan. This <clears throat> becomes partisan because of mm. Alec Baldwin. Mm. You know. It kind of does. If it was a Clint Eastwood movie, would he feel differently? I know. Would <laughs> you he know, say I mean, he's a sketchy knows? guy? Like, yeah. Like, Harry, yes. And he always said something about, you know, that Alec Baldwin has temper problems. Uh-huh. As if to say he probably well, did it. Well, there was an incident when um, he was married to, uh, oh, what's her name? She was in the Batman movie with um, Michael uh. Keaton. Uh we're drawing a blank. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at those. I, I, yeah. can, I can see her face. I, I just can't. I, I just can't recall her name. But when they got divorced, it was pretty ugly. And part of the divorce proceedings were the release of some really ugly voicemails. Oh, he said to his now daughter. I do recall that. Now that you mentioned that, I do recall that. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just to me, that's just another example of how. Everything. Everything is. Everything gets you know, politicized, yeah. and you know maybe it's true. We don't know the whole story yet, but that yeah. automatic decision that because of his politics he was probably suspect. Yeah. Particularly. Yikes. I don't even go there. I just say yeah, I don't no. have nothing. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea. No, that no. could be some so bizarre accidents. Or yeah, yeah. Or and of course, then there are a bunch of people who 
are just down on Alec Baldwin because of his portrayal of Donald Trump. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, his, wow. that was a key right. role. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's, that, that's kind of what I'm suggesting is yeah. here. Yeah, Was it good or bad? Was it favorable? Oh, it's Saturday Night Live. Haunting, it, hauntingly. It, uh, it, was, it, was it favorable to Donald Trump or not? Oh, it's not no. in the oh, no. it, was, it, was, it was like a lot of the portrayals they've done of presidents over yeah. the years. Yeah, like it, it it's a live action caricature. Sure. Right. Yeah. So does it poke fun at him? Absolutely. That's it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's, they've, that's, yeah, they've done it for Clinton. A, that's what Saturday Night Life does. They, 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 one of my, for Obama. <laughs> they, yes. Clinton. One of my favorites uh, George of all Bush. time on yeah. SNL was George W. Yeah. Bush. Oh, I like And it was George right Bush. about the time when people started questioning whether there were, in fact, weapons of mass destruction. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kuwait and uh, or Iraq and and they show George W. Bush searching under cushions <laughs> in the Oval Office. <laughs> There's got to be something here for weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> and, and it was very funny. Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't. I was never offended by that. It was. Yeah. It wasn't mean spirited. It wasn't no. supposed to be offensive. I, I think Alec Baldwin's portrayal of Donald Trump was a little edgy. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think well, so. Well, that's because Trump was edgy. I mean, that was yeah. kind of his personality in many ways. But yeah, but I exactly. remember Dan Carvey doing George H. W. Oh, Bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was and, brilliant. And, and, they, and they appeared together. That's right. They did. They did this. And one of those H. one of those press dinners. Really yeah. enjoyed, you know, yeah. his his humor. And Dana Carvey said in interviews that he'd been to the Oval Office and met with the president on several occasions. And he said. He is so warm and good yeah, humored, yeah. and you know, such a decent guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. regardless of what you think of his politics. And then, of course, there was the the relationship between Chevy Chase and and our own Gerald Ford. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's and, right. Now, yeah. was that mean spirited? I mean, he would he would knock over the podium, yeah, he, 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 he stumble over his desk, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. down yeah. the hill on the conference. Yeah, and yeah. And, and yet. Uh, they did uh, multiple joint appearances. They did. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and Most see, presidents have got a, a sense of humor about themselves yeah. where they can take a joke. Yeah. And, and uh, Trump doesn't have a sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. And re- remember the FDR Fallon speech? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He says, you can say what you want about me. You can say what you want about my family. But you can't. can't get nasty with Fallon, Fallon <laughs> because Fallon they're, they're little, little dog. It's a little dog. He's a little dog. Little Scott. Yeah. Little Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he said his scotch back yeah. upbringing, you know. I can take it, my <laughs> wife can take it, but Fallon resents it. Yeah, he'll, he'll come after you. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, those, it, you, it, it helps. seems to it me if you're going to be it. in the public eye, you have to be yeah. right. good humored. You okay. have to be a little yeah. self deprecating. Right, yeah. right, right. And, and if you're president, you're going to be teased. I mean, so, wh- wh- however so popular it. or unpopular you are, you'll be teased. I think it helps if you yeah. take that. It oh, I think so. With grace. The only time, well, even when Trump was trying to be humorous, Oh, it was yeah. always at the dinner. It thing. had kind Remember? of a sarcastic edge. Sour, yeah, yeah. Sour yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> the one time that he literally made me laugh. And I know somebody else wrote it, and I wish I knew who it was, because they were absolutely brilliant, is when he said, (laughs) Michelle Obama goes out and gives a speech. Oh, yes. And everybody thinks she's great. And he says, Melania goes out and gives the same speech. And everybody gets upset. I laughed out loud. That was a good piece. That's the only time. And and he... he, um, and, and he even delivered it well. I have a feeling yeah. there have been times people have written lines for him and he just said it. He just, just, fell he just couldn't land it, you know. Yeah. But yeah. but that time he did, and <laughs> and it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was subversive, actually, that, that statement. Yeah. And, of it's, course, though, it was at Melania's expense, not his. No, no, but it's, it's you know just what's, true. What's, what's funny about that is... It had me wondering about the speech writing shop and the people that work in it and how often they hit on the same themes. Yeah. 
and somebody may have actually written an identical speech to what yeah. someone for, else for had written yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a, but I thought it was a, I thought it was a great uh, speech when he when he uh, did say um, uh, that it was a duplicate of what. Uh, Oh, that well, was at the press club. Yeah, was at yeah. the press club. Yeah. Yeah. The only yeah. one he went to, I yeah. think. Yeah, because yeah, like he, he, he turned down all the other ones. Yeah, you've like you no, got to be self-deprecating. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was right. the Alfred Smith that's dinner. That's it. Yeah. But but you got to be self-deprecating for these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the JFK yeah. stuff you run <coughs> from the... Uh, oh, you got that picture up in your... You had that picture up in The JFK records you always run. Von Meter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th I think JFK took that very, very well, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. But well, they, there's there's a famous quote where um, no, a, a reporter asked him, "What do you think about these uh, Von Meter party records, the first family, and so on? You know, that poke fun of you and other members of your family." And he says, "Well, I did listen to Mr. Meter's record, <laughs> and he says, to be honest with you, he says." I think his impression to me sounds a lot more like Teddy than it does me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but see, there's another mm -hmm. example of of a leader who faced you know tough challenges, tough times, yeah. but had a great sense of humor. And yeah. reporters were always trying to trip him up, not to make him look bad, but to give him the humor. opportunity to right. look good. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. they said uh, you know you've traveled all over the country and. Uh, you know, um, which state do you think has the most beautiful women? And he says, well, Jackie's from Massachusetts, so I'm going to say from there. Remember the line, he got some criticism for appointing Bobby as attorney general. Mm -hmm. And as I think the line he threw back after the question was, well, I think he needs some, some practice before he goes into law. You know, before he, before he opens a law business, yeah, he needs some practice. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought that was a good line that uh, Biden did last week when they asked him how did how how did it go over in the in the White House when the free community college um, it appeared to yeah. be dropped from the program or from the plan, and he said something like, "Well, there's a lot of bedrooms." There's a lot of extra bedrooms in the White House. In the White House, did you hear him say that? <laughs> no, they I were don't saying, know. "Does Jill? How did Joe Biden react when she found out that you were, you guys were dropping the free community college?" And Biden said, oh. "Well, you know, there's a lot of extra bedrooms in the White House." <laughs> <laughs> did you hear him say that? No, I didn't hear no, that. One. That's, that's good. A good one. That was yeah. pretty funny. And, um, but it wasn't sexist either. No, not particularly. Kids have to have some place to stay. You can take it that way. Barry Goldwater had a great line about uh, Bobby Kennedy being the Attorney General, and and, and it was uh, he was making a speech as if he were accepting the nomination to run for president against Kennedy, and um, he said, and one thing I have going for me is that my brother Bob doesn't want to get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in fact, he had a great sense of humor. He did. For yeah. as ultra-conservative as he was painted in those days, he was he was very funny. You know, another guy who did was Bob Dole. In fact, Bob Dole huh. had a book of humor out. And, and, and yeah. In public, he was not that funny a guy. But he was he, flat. Well, from what I've heard yeah. about the, 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 his private conversation, Dole was a very funny guy. Huh. Yeah. Well, Al Gore has a great sense of humor yeah. now that he's not in office or running for anything. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it makes things sudden, he, he makes life easier. Maybe I don't but know. But I still yeah. think that J.W. Bush was uh, was the kind of the king of the H.W. Bush. H.W. Oh yeah. Yeah. G.W. Is not that's G. number two. No W. Oh, oh you're talking George about George W. You're talking yeah. about George. Yeah. G.W. Yeah. G.W. Bush yeah. because he was so good and at he had a. An, did you see He's his droll, uh, a little bit did you, did you see his uh, rating uh, for popularity as a, the president? I think it was 58%. Now? He was higher Currently? than many of them. Now? They were just published uh, yesterday, I saw it. I, I, uh, one, of his, one of his great lines, and, and I used to cringe a little bit because he was not a great communicator. Yeah. Right. In fact, I had lunch with a friend. And well, we were talking and we were comparing George W. Bush to... Uh, Lyndon Johnson, and we decided that that some of the awkwardness in the communication was a Texas thing. Huh. Um, no. But he said uh, George W. Bush 
was talking about how someone had made fun of him or criticized him for having a swagger. Ah, ah. <laughs> and he said, in Texas, we call it walking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of George W.'s literacy, um, one of the great lines was he spoke Spanish. And he campaigned his Spanish. Somebody once said he spoke Spanish better than he spoke English. So. And, and you know who I think said that? Right. His mother. <laughs> I think it was She's also the one that says, I think we've had enough bushes in the White House. Yeah. That's right. I remember that line. She was a great yeah. lady. Yes, she was. Well, before we get too carried away with well, some of these uh, great quotes and, and humorous uh, observations, um, well, this could go the same way. <laughs> City Council President Kate Fields oh. will apparently get to keep on speaking during her council meetings, uh, at least the one that was uh, scheduled for this past Monday. Fields, who sued City Council earlier this month after she was censured. And, you know, I have to do an aside here because I've seen censured and censored interchangeable yeah they're not interchangeable meetings and <clears throat> yeah. in the coverage and yeah. i wish people would get it straight good right. point did right. they thank you them or did they attempt to censor her it was censuring in this case wasn't it well they she couldn't speak no, I think it was they censure. voted to censor to yeah, censor censure thinking, that, that, thinking censure and people are trying to and, clean and part it of that was now. she was not supposed to speak for 30 days that was my understanding well, that's censoring right. Anyway, yeah. uh, but she could vote and she could attend meetings, but she couldn't speak. It was the was was the uh, understanding. Yeah, yeah. So there was an action yeah. in, involved where censuring is more of just yeah. a, an opinion yeah. from another. But then it, it goes on from here. You've got the uh, yeah. Uh, she had stranger. been scheduled to appear at a hearing on the matter before Genesee Circuit Judge Joseph Farah on uh, Friday, October twenty second. Instead, the hearing was rescheduled for Wednesday, October twenty seventh, which is today. And Fields said that that means she can continue to speak at, month, at Monday's council meeting and preside over it thanks to a restraining order issued by Farrah last week. Huh. A temporary order enjoins the council from enforcing provisions of the censure that prohibited Fields, who represents the city's fourth ward, uh, from speaking or acting as chairwoman of any meeting during the 30-day period. Um, Fields asked Farrah to allow her to continue her regular participation in council meetings until he decides whether the council's actions violated her First Amendment rights. The city council has voted to push ahead with a possible appeal of the judge's decision that allowed council president Kate Fields to speak during meetings despite a censure that sought to silence her for the 30 days. Council members voted 5-3 to three Monday, October 25th to authorize attorneys to explore appeals and additional motions, potentially sending the case to the Michigan Court of Appeals. Is this about First Amendment or council competence? Mm. Well, that oh, depends boy. on who's looking at it, folks. Uh, there are no heroes in this yeah, story. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with yeah. competence, but, probably, but I, I can see a lot of arguments for both in the area there. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I I do think that Kate Fields had to do that. She represents a constituency, and the yeah. constituency say, "Are you muzzled? You can't speak right. for us. Right. We can't use you." And you know, that creates that kind of a dynamic. And yeah. uh, so I, I think that that was a very severe case against her. Yeah. And I think that she did the right thing to seek Sarah and appeal. When they've been doing virtual meetings, haven't they cut off a number of people? I know Eric Mays has been cut off periodically. Right. And I'm not sure about Eva Worthing occasionally. But he wasn't well. censored. No, no, there was no no motion. He just shut down the microphone. Is my understanding. Well, and he's been removed from meetings, and there That's was just, a period yeah. of time where he was suspended from the council for a period of time. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. what's and different? I can't remember what they you know what they called it then. Yeah, I don't know, it's, but that that whole situation should be looked at, and some kind of. Uh, uh, policy or uh, position, strategy position, be you. I heard part of the meeting. I said I think it was Monday's meeting, and it was it went on till at least it was going on at ten o'clock when I turned it off. Um, another one of those marathon meetings, and I'm not sure yeah. they accomplished much. 
And you know, it, it seems uh, suspect that you can cut off a, a whole constituency's voice to uh, legislative processes. Well, right. the, the issue yeah. that Kate Fields made was that it happened just before the election, that yeah. theoretically she was going to be silenced 30 days before the election. What do you think, Tom? Oh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens after well, next Tuesday's yeah. election. Yeah, does me it too. Court case, yeah. Or does it yeah. drop? Yeah. 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 Aren't there appeals in the pipeline as well for this thing? I, I saw some fairly pricey appeals were being planned after she won her reversal. On Friday. Those who, yeah, those who tried to cen cen censure her were still going to appeal to try and reinstate that censorship. So, so was this, do you think this is connected to the election? Is that, do you think it's partly a campaign stunt? Partly to I it? think it's likely. Yeah, could be. Um, because you know, there's been a little bit of talk. You? I haven't seen a lot of it, but there's there's been some talk on social media and, and maybe maybe in some media sources that Eric Mays is backing a oh. slate of candidates. I got a quote from Eric. I don't have it with me in front of me, but Eric Mays has endorsed in one interview five candidates. Preet Priestley, who's running against uh, Fields, is one of them. Uh, Galloway, another one. Seven. Uh, oh, he's he's endorsing her. Yeah, he he made a statement for, saying he hopes these folks win, um, and I'm, I'm there, I think there were five, and I'm trying to think of the other names right now. I wish I brought the well, list. Well, he's got to have a pick between A.C. Dumas and uh, Quincy Murphy. I think Dumas there. Yeah. I'm How about sure. uh, Shapani and uh, is that the sixth? Were um, Winfrey? Winfrey for Winfrey sixth Carter. ward. Yeah. yeah. And who am I forgetting? Which other words? That again, I, but but no, he, he made an announcement. Did did he uh, did he endorse a writing candidate in the ninth ward against Evil Worthing? Not I that I saw. No, uh, not that I that saw. That would that would be yeah, because uh, there is that writing candidate. Um, you know, the notion of a slate isn't a bad one in a way. I, I don't know about this particular well, manifestation no, I, well, of it's, it, but it's interesting that he didn't that he didn't. Because he's not a big fan of Ava Worthing. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely not. But the only competition he has in his ward is a write in candidate. That's so right. he can't oh, dare yeah, yeah. get behind yeah. a write in yeah. candidate. Dumas oh. is probably a shoe in. You think? Yes. He, he finished first in the primary. Well, I think. that's not all. Look, okay, he's run for every, that? everything that uh, a local, federal, and state. Yeah. What ward is um, Dumas in? The third, he's in the third ward. Third and ward. he's yeah. up against two. To uh, Dumas and, and Quincy Murphy. Oh, Quincy Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Quincy the thing is, is, Mays would like to be council president. So if mm -hmm. he's got these five endorsees, if if he ends up winning the majority there, yeah. that could happen. Yeah. Hmm. You know, Gee. and that's how government's supposed to work. Yeah. Uh, if you get the yeah, there there was a quote. In yeah. the, I believe it was an M Live story where, where there was a quote from Mays where he came out in favor of these five candidates saying he hopes they all win. It'll be interesting to see what influence that has on all those people yeah. in those other wards. I mean, he always seems to do very well in yeah. his own ward. Yeah, people he wins listen by to him. Him. Yeah, yeah people ward. listen to him. But, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that Monica Galloway got this big state position in the uh, Michigan yeah, Municipal was, League. <laughs> I was in, I mean, um, that, that municipal, yeah, Michigan was that Municipal League. President, no, president. President, president. Of the Municipal League. Yeah. And, that, and the last one to do that was Stanley. So that's, right. I, that's a serious well, organization. I, like I was... On the air, I would like that. to uh, just uh, congratulate Ms. Galloway for that yeah. position. But she's getting some pretty stiff competition yeah, in the 7th so. Ward. Yeah, I think is going to give her a serious run for her money. But I'm yeah. talking about and even being the, the president of this uh, statewide <laughs> yeah. organization. Yeah, yeah, of course. What strikes me That's is some of the write-ins are putting, putting together some real big campaigns. Yes, right. they are. Tarotis. Steve Barber. Barber. Yeah, the candidate running against Evil Worthy. That's right. Ninth Ward. Hello there, Florida. citizens. Dark we'll be back here. here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. 
But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination. Freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our uh, roundtable at the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, for this week's edition of Armchair Politics. The setup's a little different here, so if I, <laughs> if I seem a little fumbly, it's uh, because I'm not at, at my usual station. Uh, but uh, welcome back. We have our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter on the left and right, respectively, joined by uh, Jan Worth Nelson from East Village Magazine. Matthew Smith's first appearance in court with new attorney Dennis Lazar took place Monday morning. Lazar met with a uh, prosecutor in Genesee District Court Judge William Crawford's courtroom October 25th to set a new pretrial date in the case. Smith pleaded not guilty to a misdemeanor charge of telecommunications services malicious use, a crime that carries a maximum penalty of a $1,000 fine and up to six months in jail. The final pretrial date was set for November 22nd. Smith's charges are tied to police allegations that a threatening 2020 call, phone call was made to Houghton County Clerk Jennifer Kelly in which Smith threatened to kill her dogs. Mm-hmm. Smith said he was not guilty and did not verify whether he called Kelly on March 6, 2020 at an earlier hearing. 
Smith's trial was delayed after Crawford ruled that Smith's original attorney, Albert Zirka, can end his representation only after a replacement is chosen. Zirka filed a motion to withdraw his representation in September. The trial was originally scheduled to begin on September 16th. Zirka told the courtroom that there was a breakdown in the attorney-client relationship that <laughs> caused him to file to end representation. Smith, who is the chair of the Genesee County Republican Party and member of the Davison Board of Education, is being targeted via recall after these charges surfaced. What constitutes a breakdown in the attorney-client relationship? That, that's, that's a question I had uh, when I heard that. I Does uh, Zerka have any dogs? I mean, <laughs> maybe that's the issue. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. that, no, when, when, when those things break down like that, I really wondered what happened. Mm. Was there some evidence that came out that uh, was unsettling for the attorney? I, oh, yeah, I, again, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see the attorney pulled away from a guy who can solicit the money to pay for his services if he wants to, and to turn around, turn away a person with the money, yeah. that's strange. Well, that does well, raise larger issues about threats to elected Smith officials. Smith can be a tough client, yeah. though, don't you Biden. think? I mean, you, you certainly know better than I do, but he can be kind of a tough guy to deal with sometimes, who? can't he? Oh, who? Smith. Matthew Smith. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. The man is smart. In, in yeah. what way? I'm contentious, I guess is the phrase I would use. I mean, so, he's made some outrageous comments oh, recently. Know. We've talked about yeah. some of them in the in the in recent weeks. Um, Does he did he plead guilty to this? No, or he, 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 he pleaded. Oh yeah, he's, 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 he's saying he didn't say this stuff. Apparently, in fact, at some point, uh, and I don't know who was covering this story. Maybe I'm live. Um, there was something about. Maybe somebody from his campaign used his phone or yeah. something that was floating that it, around. It happened, but it wasn't him. That's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. That's what somebody's saying. Well, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know much about this, and I don't follow it because uh, it, um, <clears throat> it could disrupt um, a lot of trust that people have in yeah. me about searching out for the truth, and I don't know what it is. Right. But I'm saying when the attorney throws in the towel, yeah. Some, it just it raises some questions. Yeah. It and raises that's what questions. we're doing yeah. is raising yeah. those yeah. questions yeah, yeah. and saying, you know, what is it about this? It, I've always thought, you know, Matt was uh, he's been on my show several times, and and I I've always found him to be one of those people that you don't want to get between him and a photo op. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I, uh, you know, he'll run you down. And, yeah. I, and I thought maybe he was well, a little too, uh, well, what's, what's the phrase? Uh, it's, it's ambitious, but it isn't just that. It's ambitious in a very public way. Uh -huh. I, I notice his Facebook posts frequently, <coughs> photos with every, every known Republican from Donald Trump on down. But that doesn't it, mean that he threatened the woman's dog. Yeah, that's no, true. That's true. It doesn't prove anything one way or the other. Yeah. But no, he I'm has just saying some of the similarly. observations that I've, you know, made about him, I, you know, it, it always surprises me when I read some of the comments that he's made. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He's been provocative and... Uh, Especially with regard to the politics of... Um, Masks and vaccines. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't he? Wasn't he one of the leaders of that uh, protest at the county county uh, yes. county building yes. a while back? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, driving the the one uh, that uh, where the these issues are discussed at school board communities. Yeah. And I'm always I'm always struck whenever I drive down Davison Road toward Davison. Not only do I see his sign, but a lot of the anti-masking signs yeah. are in yards, and I assume that's his work. Working I, his neighborhood. I'm having a hard time understanding how elected officials who take an oath to protect partly the public uh, would get involved in that particular fight. Exactly. I, 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 I mean, you, if, if anything should be non-political, non-partisan, yeah. a fight and against the virus ought to be. I know, school, school districts. districts absolutely. Yeah. In our school district, nobody could say anything on school property in, in support of a political issue or a candidate. Huh. It was prohibited. So have there been protests in Clio against yeah. masking? No. 
Not yet. Hmm. But we know that uh, those but issues are prevalent there. Well, what's interesting is, is how school boards are getting really beat up on this issue. Yeah. I mean, school boards used to yeah. be these kind of <laughs> sedate, quiet groups that dealt with routine things for school management. But now their their angry groups are showing up, yelling and screaming at school board members about vaccines, especially, but critical race theory and yeah. among other things. And those are the um, things that that, that uh, <clears throat> most of the the people in this camp are talking about. Uh, are pursuing things that are volatile. You know, right. they <coughs> destroy communities, they destroy families, they destroy integrity and trust and systems, yeah, yeah. And institutions. Yeah. There's you know. no, there's a real rebellion against ex perceived expertise that's not trusted. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that really upsetting. And uh, so, Clio uh, has been uh, presumed to be a very stable and. Does, does Clio well, have a mask mandate now? No. It does not. Oh, we, we don't have, no, not yet. No. The, the superintendent and the board are pursuing one that we, mm. we won't have one. I mean, one of the complications of the COVID era has been that the science is evolving, yes. that the science hasn't been, well, no. this is the way it is, and then we go from there. It's like. That's what science like, does. Yeah, that's what science does, yeah. but like people can't seem to deal with the evolving science of it. And it, the, I mean, a person that I know um, who's a good person um, posted on Facebook that, you know, if you're being told to put a drug in your body, mm -hmm. um, you should pay attention because your freedom oh, is... Oh, yeah. yeah. Because your freedom... And I, I, I decided not to respond. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm you like, know, there's the law. Those often go nowhere. Now, there yeah. is the law. The law is here. You must obey the law. Right. Until it's changed. Right. Now, anybody who is is going uh, bucking the law is uh, facing some kind of uh, challenge. So, what we have to do is work with the law. You just can't go and say, "Well, I'm not going to put a Facebook a, a face mask on yeah. if the law says that." That's yeah. what you should do. And plus, the laws that are emerging are striving to make the public safer. Yeah, if we'd I mean, that's this, this, could, this could have been done already. Yeah, theoretically, that's right. you know what strikes me is that you know for years we've had all these uh, vaccine mandates for other things for polio and uh, again I don't know the long list the kids are supposed to get before they go to school, and there's been relatively little protest about that. I mean, no, there, there's not been very but, much. But this one last yeah. vaccine, all of a sudden, that's the hot button issue for. Well, the you society. see, the thing is, <coughs> here, here's here's the thing. Now, re, as you know, Republicans don't wear masks. They go all over the country, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, I and know. yet people look around and say, hey, those guys are still surviving and they're supposed to be dead. Yeah. And well, some of them are. With challenges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of those yeah. radio talk show hosts, yeah. there's three of them, I think, uh, yeah, but that died of COVID. Yeah, <laughs> but that's on the drop in the bucket. Yeah, I know. But, uh, right. And this is what's disproving and uh, the idea that we ought to be wearing face masks. You know, there's got to be something that the science has got to show that we die in gross numbers. So how many have to die before? Well, it's more than one, mm -hmm. two, yeah. or three. Yeah. We're at yeah. 700,000 plus. Close yeah. to 750. And all of those are not yeah. Republicans. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But Republicans, they just don't wear masks. I went to a Lincoln Day dinner. Actually, it was a, a Eisenhower dinner in Bay County last weekend. And I was the only person that's sitting in with a mask. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Or did you take some? They said take that dang mask. They off. said that. They, they, they said that too. <laughs> did they? Well, this check your masks at the door. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the building says no, do not enter without a mask. So I followed the law, right? Right. Because they had. But when died, I was asked to take it off. The woman I'm talking about, this acquaintance of mine, is a Christian. She's a really strong evangelical Christian. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, that I, I, what I wanted to say back, but it's fruitless, is you, this is all about us all together. You know, that we're, we're all yeah. trying to protect each other. And maybe I'm not going to give it to you, Paul, or you're not going to give it to me, but we're all Somebody. trying to do this together. Yeah. And who knows, uh, you know, who has immunos, you know, I, I just feel like the, if, you're, if you're saying that you're a Christian, shouldn't trying to 
do what will make the community the better. Christianity principles. Core, those, a core is, principle. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I really don't understand yeah. that. I mean, well, we've got to pause it okay. there. We're going to break for uh, show ID at the top of the hour, and then we'll be back with the second half okay. of today's edition of Armchair Politics from Hell on the Tom Sumner Thank program. You, Tom. So this don't touch that <laughs> dial. Don't click Hi, that I'm button. Alexander Zonjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.